I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to the Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics, where we keep the rationalist community informed about what's going on outside of the rationalist community. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. This is episode number 80. We're recording on April 10th, 2023, and we're going to start with some follow-ups. So last episode, we were talking about joint resolutions because the but because Biden vetoed one and we couldn't figure out how that works. So I looked into it. Um, there are different kinds of resolutions. So the House or the Senate can pass a simple resolution, um, which just is like, this is what we think about that. Um, and it doesn't mean anything and it doesn't do anything. But there is something called the Congressional Review Act that says Congress can overrule any new regulation from an executive branch agency with a joint resolution. And what a joint resolution is, that's the one that takes both houses of Congress and the signature of the president. So it's basically just a bill. Uh, It's passed like a regular law, um, but it specifically, there's like a 60-day window to to, to overrule new executive branch regulations using this joint resolution process. Hmm. So that's what was going on with that. I know you guys were wondering for the past two weeks on the edge of your seats about this, and I wanted to come through for you. Well, Well, I appreciate at least one person on this podcast doing at least a sixth grade level of homework for it. (laughs) I agree. So we've got some feedback from our listeners. First is from Wizard from the Discord, who told me I need a pop filter because my peas were clipping. So I have a pop filter now. How many pickled pikes of peppers did you pick? Um, zero. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> so I object to this second one on the grounds that putting a rando from the Discord on blast in a rando from Discord was wrong segment is, uh, seems a little bit punching downy. You think? Should we not name him? Nah. Fuck it. All right. <laughs> I would want. See, I, if it was me, I would want to get named. I would want. I would want to be addressed. Okay, let's name and shame then. Uh, it's not shame. All right. It's eh, uh. It's speak for yourself. So it, Gabriel from Discord says, and I quote: "Y'all need a voice from somebody who's gotten over their libertarian phase." Hmm. Counterpoint: No, we don't. <laughs> well, so that was supposed to be me. I was supposed to be the liberal on the show. You and kind of are the liberal on the show. I, yeah, but I'm like way more libertarian than I was when we started because of shit like um, this first because story we're going to cover. Because you pay attention and libertarianism <laughs> is the factually correct political ideology to hold. <laughs> but I, I can't stress enough, I did not think this when I started the podcast. I, I want to know what comes after libertarianism. Is that when we go into our anarchist phase? I mean, uh, I, I think Gabriel is suggesting that you, you go into a more statist phase. I see. I also went the other way. I was much more statist as younger. And the more I have learned about what the state actually does, the less statist I became. <laughs> right? Because they do all kinds of shit. Like uh, this story that Scott Alexander brings us about how the DEA ruined telemedicine. It did. Uh, I guess, should I cover this one? I'll go for it. 
Okay, uh, well, if you read Scott Alexander's blog, you are already familiar with this. Uh, the DEA, DEA during COVID said, yeah, people who are having uh, telehealth medicine appointments with their doctors or their psychiatrists can be prescribed the medications that they need, which is great. Uh, and now they've started saying, no, we, we can't do that. Actually, if you need medication, you have to go in and see your doctor in the flesh at least one time before they can prescribe you anything, uh, which is going to fuck over a lot of people, especially the people who are living way out in rural areas or that have health or mental health issues that make it very hard for them to get in in person to a doctor. And also in Scott's case, and the case of more than a few doctors nowadays, uh, the doctors that don't have an actual physical office location because they haven't needed one in a number of years. Yeah, and Scott was really salty about that um, because that's his business model, but also because that's not going to do anything to stop pill mills. Yeah. Which is ostensibly what this is about. Like some evil doctors are out there being like, ah, I'll just prescribe anything anybody asks for. And you don't even have to come in. We'll just do it over the internet. Which this does add some more friction to the process. So there'll be less of that going on. But just by virtue of there being less of everything going on. Yeah. I, and it, it's actually worse than that. Because the reason why pill millery exists is because if you fail to meet a certain threshold of ethicalness, it's the profit-maximizing strategy. So if you're imposing arbitrary costs, the people who are going to be most able to eat those costs are the ones that have a bunch of surplus profit, i.e. the pill mills. And the ones so that don't have a anything, lot of ethics anyway. This rule probably increases at least the proportion, if not the absolute number, of pill mills operating. Well, it probably increases the absolute number, too, because then you're pushing the like borderline ethical doctors into pill millery, because you have to to pay the bills. Yeah, I mean, that that's a slightly stronger empirical claim than I'm comfortable making, absent any evidence, but that is certainly within the realm of possibility. Well, I'm just saying that's what the incentives are. I always yeah. bet on the incentives. And this sort of regulation wasn't going to stop the pill mills anyway. It only stops good ethical people. Quite. Yeah. Um, so, Ineash, you've got some history of how this happened. Uh, uh, are you saying that the uh, only way to stop a bad doctor with an opiates prescription <laughs> is a good doctor with an opiates prescription? I, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Just give me opiates. Uh, the Yeah, there was kind of some discussion, some wondering, like, how, why is this happening? Why are they doing this? Uh, it turns out this... This is being done because the DEA wasn't doing its job in the first place. There was, way back in 2001, which is now over 20 years ago, Congress passed a restriction on telemedicine. And they told the DEA to come come up with some way that trusted providers could avoid those restrictions. Because these, these were supposed to stop the pill mills, but anyone who's an actual, you know, legit doc should be able to get around this. Because that is literally what we want. So you should be able to do, like, TSA pre-check for uh, prescribing medicine? Yes, something like that. Okay. And then they did that, and everything was great, right? That is exactly what didn't happen. The DEA did enforce the restrictions that Congress passed, but did not create any workaround. No TSA pre-check, nothing like that, just the restrictions. For 20 fucking years, they did not do the thing that they were tasked to do by Congress. Uh, de then, during the pandemic, at last, the ex executive branch declared a state of emergency, and so the DEA lifted all the restrictions. Uh, now that the state of emergency is over, those restrictions come back, and there still isn't a fucking workaround 
for the people that are trusted because apparently when regulatory agencies are told by Congress to do a thing, they can just not do that thing for decades and there's absolutely no way to hold them account. I I know we've had this come up more than once on this podcast with other regulatory bullshittery. They just don't do their job and it doesn't matter one bit. So back to us being too libertarian. (laughs) This is why. Like every time... I look into a story of any, like, government regulation happening or any, the government basically doing anything, especially anything in the name of safety. Oh, God. It's always bullshit like this that's just going to make everyone's life harder and, like, maybe create, like, stop some bad people from doing some bad stuff, but stopping way more good people from doing what they want. Yep. And, I mean, my... My inclination has always been in the other direction. Uh, you know, I always, I always just wanted to let people do what they want, and if bad people are going to be bad, you know, you target them. Don't make blanket rules for everybody. Uh, so maybe I was libertarian from the start, but I really didn't think so when I started this. Uh, I really thought, I was like, I was like yeah, liberal stuff is good, and conservative stuff is bad, and let's pass more liberal stuff. Government is the word for what we do, and we all work together. Yeah. Uh, but this is not, this is not us working together. No. This is the shitty DEA stopping people from working together. And that's just, that's just seems to be the outcome of almost all government actions, especially the executive ones. I, I realize that your tongue was firmly in your cheek there, but I just want to point out that, uh, whenever you say the government is the word for the things we all do together, um... One of the things the government has done as a matter of historical fact is conducted experiments to see how much LSD they needed to give to people to make them retarded. And (laughs) in so doing, they very probably created at least one serial killer. So, yeah. The things we all do together. Yay. You're talking about the Unabomber, right? Um, Manson. Oh, Manson, really? Yeah. Unabomber also was... was, uh, Probably MKUltra. Okay, Unabomber was also a government experiment that fucked someone terribly. Really? Which yeah, one? Oh, yeah. The, oh, which government experiment? Yeah. Is uh, he also MKUltra? He seems I, a bit young for that. I don't remember, honestly. I, I just remember reading about it and saying, well, I do not blame him at all now that I have read about what happened. So uh, I'll, we'll, I'll look it up and put the show put it in the show notes. All right, let's try, to, let's try to sort this out by next episode. Yes, we can put it in the next episode's feedback. Oh. I had to look up joint resolutions. You get to go look up the Unabomber. Hey, mine's more fun. I that Yes, I know. I win. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On to the real new news. Um, so I don't know. You guys probably missed this story because it wasn't covered very much. <laughs> um, I wish. So, But we're going to cover it because I think it, it probably matters. It's probably something you should keep abreast of. Uh, Donald Trump was indicted for a crime. Is it a crime uh, for, that is a big for deal? many crimes, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yes, 34 <laughs> crimes, but it's all the same crime. Um, is it a crime that's a big deal? Well, that really depends on who you ask. Okay. Uh, it is falsifying business records. What about the crime where he tried to overthrow our government? <laughs> well, they're still working on that one. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Yeah. They're still working on that one um, in... Did- Two different since, cases. Since you brought that up, uh, did you see that um, uh, court documents have revealed that something like 
eighty percent of the Proud Boys involved in January six were FBI agents. <laughs> no, I did not see that. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. Stop being so libertarian, you remember, David. You remember that one fun episode where um, a while back, police undercover as drug buyers got into a firefight with police undercover as drug dealers? <laughs> yes. Yeah. If you want a vision of the future, imagine those chuckle fucks with their boots stamping on a human face forever. But also their AIs. That too. <laughs> It's just AI drug dealers shooting at AI drug buyers forever. Uh, well, this is not that. This is falsifying business records. Um, and there's some fun wrinkles to this case. And by fun wrinkles, I mean this is not a great case. Uh, so falsifying, first of all, falsifying business records is a misdemeanor. And misdemeanors have a two-year statute of limitations. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Um, but... Falsifying business records is a felony if it is done to commit some other crime. Okay. And there's no other crime. Well, that's what they charged. So they charged the felony version saying that he falsified these business records to commit another crime. So the business records he falsified were 11 separate payments to Michael Cohen. Remember him? He was a fun <laughs> guy. He was arrested for this crime and, <laughs> and pled guilty and went to jail. Um. He he. They paid him and called it a legal retainer. When actually, what it was was hush money to Stormy Daniels. Is is it illegal to pay hush money? No, okay. but it is illegal to pay hush money and then put it in your business records as you, you a just legal don't retainer. get a tax write off for it. Right this way, and but what actually happened here is they paid extra taxes on it because Michael <laughs> Cohen had to pay taxes on it. Nice, yeah. So they could have they could have gotten around all this if they had just marked it as hush money on their books. If or if Trump had just paid it from his own bank account and okay. not tried to use his business for it like an asshole. Oh yeah, yeah, that is kind of an asshole thing to do. Yeah, he's like, well, I want it to be a business expense, okay. so so we're gonna pay it from the business, and we'll just call it a legal retainer to Michael Cohen. You know, which if is they, if they obviously fake. If they recorded that and sold it, then it could have been a business expense. I mean, maybe. Okay. Um, and the, they, they haven't said what the crime is that it's in service of, because hmm. apparently they don't have to say that, which seems weird to me. That does seem weird. In an indictment, they just have to say it was in service of another crime. Um, a lot of the speculation is it is, it was in service of a campaign finance violation, uh, which seems plausible to me because this was definitely a thing that... Donald Trump wanted to hush up because of the election. Wouldn't it have to be money that came from his election fund, though, to be a campaign finance violation? No, because mm. it's um, it's a so the way it, the way it would be the way it would work in campaigns finance law is if the company paid for this, mm -hmm. then that is a campaign donation to Donald Trump. Oh, okay, which was not declared as which such. Which was not declared as such. Ah, oh, Jesus. Okay, <laughs> right. Um, but there's some problems with that because, I mean, who's to say why he wanted this hushed up? Maybe he just didn't want his wife to find out. Right. Uh, now, I have seen some quote from him going around saying, um, maybe we can, like, not pay this till after the election and then it doesn't matter. <laughs> Don't. Yeah. So it certainly sounds like 
it was for electioneering purposes, but th- that's uh, that's problem number one. Um, problem number the biggest problem though is so remember the misdemeanor has a two year statute of limitations, mm-hmm. the felony has a five year statute of limitations. Okay, and these checks were written in 2016 and 2017. Hmm. Oh, that was five years ago. Well, you might want to check your math on that because that was six years ago. Okay, so shouldn't he be free and clear? That's yes. what you would think. That's what you would think. Okay. Um, there are some reasons why the statute of limitations will be told, which is they just like press pause on it. Um, one is where the defendant is continuously out of state. This is a New York law. Um, it says it right in the right in the statute that if the, the defendant's continuously out of state, they'll toll the statute of limitations. Wait, so the statute only counts down while you're in the state? Presumably, that continuously is non-trivially load-bearing. Yeah, if you come back for like a day, you're not continuously out of the state. And I can't imagine that Donald Trump just never went to New York because he was never in D.C. Like he was constantly at Mar-a-Lago. That still seems like a weird loophole in the law. Like, if I murder someone in New York and I spend three centuries on Mars, but then I come back to New York, okay, I guess murder has a um, has no statute of limitations. But if I give hush money to someone in New York and I spend three centuries on Mars and then I come back to New York, technically, like, only a few days have passed for the statute? That's correct. All righty. Yeah, weird, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, and it makes sense if you're on Mars because they can't arrest you on Mars. I, but... I it, guess it, I don't, but I don't get it because you don't have to be in state for them to indict you. Yeah, or like they can just you. they can just issue, but they can issue the indictment and just not arrest you if you're out of state. Like they could have issued this indictment in 2018 and been like, okay, well Trump's indicted, but we're not going to arrest him. They could wait forever to arrest him. Like the statute, there's no statute of limitations issues there. I mean, there's got to be some sort of system where like. The cops in New York can call the cops in Florida and say, hey, we're indicting this guy. Can you, uh, like, FedEx him to us, please? Well, you can do that, except Ron DeSantis went out, governor of Florida, and said, well, he was he's not extraditing Trump. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. That <laughs> was so stupid. Because Trump, I mean, Trump came to New York and voluntarily turned himself in. And, oh, boy, I hope you weren't watching the news that day. Because hmm. it was like, they were like, oh, oh, here's his limo. It's pulling up to the police station. Oh, he's getting out. Oh, the, somebody's holding the door for him. <laughs> he's going inside. It was so, I didn't, I didn't see any of this, but you, people were talking about it later. Do you remember the O.J. Simpson so car stupid. chase? I mean, that was a car chase, though. It was That's the fun. slowest car chase ever with no other streets on the highway, and he just drove in a straight line. Yeah, but you still don't know what's going to happen. I guess. Everyone knew what was going to happen here. Trump was going to walk into the police station. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. Exactly as predicted. You never know. He could have, like, suddenly broken for it and fist fought his way through all the cops that, that are there. Uh, I mean, I, I feel mean, like they would have just cut to that. he could have tried. Yeah, right? <laughs> I don't think he would have made it very far. Um, so, so more issues with this case. Um, because there are two crimes involved here, you need to prove his mens rea in both of them. So first you have to prove his intent to falsify business records, which, you know, maybe it was just the CFO that did that and not Trump. Mm. Um, that's, you know, I don't think they're going to have too much problem proving that. Um and then, but you also have to in- 
prove his intent to commit whatever the underlying crime is. So if it's a campaign finance violation, you got to prove that he was like he knew that the campaign law. All right, wait a minute. The law that he's being charged with, it sounds like, is a state law. The the falsifying records. Correct. Isn't campaign finance law a federal law? Yes, it is. And I guess these two can be mixed in that way. Yes, they can. Okay. Um, because if like the, the the whole point of the falsifying business record statutes is it's worse if you're trying to cover up some other crime and it doesn't matter if it's a state crime or a federal crime okay uh if you're trying to cover up a crime it's just this is the worst this is worse then all right which makes take makes logical sense it does seem like he would have to be charged with the other crime too though right no he doesn't even have to be charged with it nope someone can just say he did a federal crime and and it's cool correct which is good because he can't be charged with that because the statute of limitations is run. Dude, this guy is a constitutional crisis just walking around. But also, around. you'd need the Justice Department to charge him. The Justice Department is full of chicken shit prosecutors. Uh, and they're definitely not going to. Me? I- I'm genuinely unclear whether the this guy who is a constitutional crisis walking around is Trump or the Manhattan DA who brought this case. <laughs> Alvin Bragg? Yes, that one. Uh, yeah, here's the other thing is... He definitely had an opportunity to charge this back when it was inside the statute of limitations and decided not to and, like, publicly announced that he wasn't going to. And it certainly seems like he changed his mind because the public is about to vote him out because DAs are elected in New York. And he just doesn't want to go face re-election without having indicted Trump. Ah. So, yeah, I mean... This case, so this case is weak from the point of view of a prosecutor who, like, will only bring charges if it's a sure thing. Um, in terms of, like, the actually whether Trump's likely to get convicted, I still think it's better than 50%. Hmm. Because um, huh. I, I actually don't think, you know, I, I think. I mean, is that just because, you know, he's being indicted in Manhattan and the jury will be drawn from Manhattanites who well, that's certainly statistically speaking would gladly low crawl across a mile of broken glass to vote to put him away. Yeah, I think if this makes it to the jury, he's fucked. Well, the thing is like he did it, but I don't think <laughs> that's actually the question here. <laughs> well, the, but there's also the question is what was his intent? And as long as that gets to the jury, then they're going to say, like, yeah, sure, he intended to, to commit all this fraud. Okay. Uh, but judges are not juries. And you got to make it through the judge first. And there's a lot of, like, legal issues here. Uh, most notably, the statute of limitations. Yeah. Uh, and they have, not, they have not publicly announced how they're planning on getting around that. Um, they got, the, they got the, um, the grand jury to indict. So they must have explained something to the grand jury that was sufficient. But... Grand juries are not uh, exactly hard to convince of things. So I'm assuming he is not sitting in a jail right now. No. He was released on recognizance or did he post yes. bail? Uh, I think it was recognizance. I heard ahead of time that that's what they were going to do because that's what they do for everyone in these kind of cases. Oh, okay. I-, I was about to ask, like, could a prosecutor with this little to to go on and a strong suspicion that any judge is going to be like, no, dude, you're out of the statute of limitations. Would a prosecutor be able to just hold someone who's not Trump in jail for however many months as no. this paperwork gets done? No. But oh. fun part is um, judges will hold someone if they're going around doing uh, like witness tampering, which, oh. um, you know. Is Trump doing that? 
Not that I know of. But I he's mean, definitely the kind of guy who would do that. Yes, he I is. mean, how direct does the witness tampering have to be? I mean, you have it to prove would, it to the judge. Would putting out a general call for, what was it, fire and mayhem <laughs> if he's indicted count? Because he's done that. Uh, that's probably more jury tampering. Um, but no, that's that's not the kind of thing that they're going to hold you in jail over. Okay. But yes, he definitely did that. Uh, I think we covered that last time, actually, where he was like, yeah. mayhem and death if I get mm. arrested. Um, but there was no mayhem or death. No. There was actually, I actually heard very little about any kind of like protest or, or rioting or anything. Zero frogs raining from the sky. Yeah. Um, Trump is, on the other hand, already selling mugshots, uh, which, is, which sucks because they're not his real mugshot. I was about to say, does he yeah, have access to that? He probably does. Okay. Uh, maybe. I don't know. He might not. But uh, no, New York isn't allowed to publicly release mugshots. Hmm. So we don't get to see the mugshot. And we're probably never going to. Uh, and Trump's selling like these fake mugshots. That's just his like normal headshot. Holy <laughs> shit. These shirts are. Ar- yeah. Yeah. They're actually pretty good. I mean, they're probably <laughs> shit quality because, you know, Trump. But yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's just his like headshot, and it's okay. got the the little uh, what the do you even call that thing? thing? The the placard, yeah, with the with the stick on letters that just says President Donald J. Trump, <laughs> and in big letters underneath, not guilty. <laughs> it, it, hang on, hang on. Underneath, so between the name and the booking date. It says forty five, forty seven. Oh my god! Which oh, I can only assume <laughs> is a reference to the the, the ordering of president. president he yeah. will be when he inevitably be, wins in twenty twenty four. He's gonna be forty five and forty seven. <laughs> Jesus I didn't even notice Christ! That. All right, hold on a second. That doesn't say forty five and forty seven. It says forty five through forty seven, which is yes, he's it, implying that it, he is also Biden. Yes, it, <laughs> it is. It is four five hyphen four seven. Well, well, because he won that election, so he's the real president. Jeez. I mean, point. <laughs> he's every president from forty five to forty seven. <laughs> uh, um, see, this is. Uh, I really hope he goes to jail. <laughs> Uh, the other the other thing that sucks about this indictment, though, is he probably won't even go to jail if he's found guilty. Why? Because it's a because it's a like minor crime. It's got a maximum sentence of four years, but he's a if you can believe it, has no criminal record. <laughs> uh, so Jesus. and like cases, you know, this kind of thing, they just they don't send you to jail for that. And if they do, it's for you know less than a year. Huh. Um, but it's uh, so like in New Jersey, there's degrees of felonies and, and the, so there's first degree is the worst one. And if you're third degree or less, there's a presumption that you don't go to jail if that's your first offense. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I have no idea. Because I've, I've litigated a couple of, of criminal cases uh, back at one of my old jobs. And yeah, there's a, they call it a presumption of non-incarceration. <laughs> so you have to have like some aggregating factors to get sent to jail if you get convicted of third degree or less. And this is like... You know, this is like a little, a very low level felony. I did not like realize that I felony. get a that I get a freebie if it's a low enough crime. Yeah, I mean, you still get a criminal record, and you uh, get you get fines and stuff, and oh, it sucks. Okay. Yeah, but you don't go to jail. All right, and you know you're retired, so what do you care if you have a criminal record? Right. 
Might even, you know, get me some uh, some dates. <laughs> right? like, hey, get baby, our, I'm a get wanted criminal. Get a podcast some cred. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, we have a convicted felon. This podcast our... is coming to you from the streets. Mm-hmm. You know how everyone commits three felonies a day? Yeah. Well, Eniash really does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to commit felonies just for your podcast. What about to launch your career as a folk singer? <laughs> This was an oddly specific question. David, do you have something planned? <laughs> no, it's a Futurama reference. Oh, okay. All right. Any more, uh, anything else to say about the Trump indictments before we move on? Nah, I'm good. All right. Well, unlike the mainstream media, we're going to move on from that story. Uh, on to... because I cannot parse this headline at all. This next one? Yeah, the words all individually make sense, but I have no idea what it means. Okay, the liberals won the Wisconsin Supreme Court seat, which is, yes, I understand why that's a weird thing to to see in that order. So in Wisconsin, they elect their Supreme Court justices. Oh, this is the Wisconsin State Supreme Court. Yes. Okay, so it's not the it makes the Supreme Court anymore because it's not SCOTUS; it's Supreme Court of Wisconsin. <laughs> Scow. Scow. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Um. So they elect their justices, which is so stupid to do, but they do it. And this election just took place last Tuesday. Was the the liberal running was like was running as a liberal. She was like, hey, fuck all this shit where judges go in these confirmation hearings and refuse to say anything about their judicial philosophy or how they're going to rule. And she just went out there and was like, yeah, I'm going to rule to throw out these goddamn gerrymandered legislative maps. And I'm going to rule to overturn this abortion ban from 1849. And she won by like 10 points. I have a lot more respect for Wisconsin for voting for Chad's. Just coming out right? and saying what you're actually standing for is awesome. Yeah. If you're, if you're going to, I mean, especially if you're running to be elected. Mm-hmm. Like all this, I, I hate that so much where they go up there and they're like, well, you know, I just call balls and strikes and I can't comment on a case that might come before me. I don't want to look like I, I made up my mind early, even though I definitely did. It's bullshit. So, yeah, so, I think that's so great. So do you need to, like, be a lawyer or... Or a judge or anything? Or could, like, I move to Wisconsin and then run for their Supreme Court? Well, I don't know. But I'm guessing that anyone can run. Most most elective seats are like that. Yeah, that is incredibly stupid. Yeah, you probably have to be, like, 25 years old or something. <laughs> and that's that's the only... Well, David still uh, has five years to go. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you have to be a lawyer. Who knows? But most, most elected positions you don't. Um, you don't even have to be a lawyer to be on the Supreme Court of the United States. Is it an election to have you for life or... Oh, wait. No, I just looked it up. It's an election for a 10-year term. Oh, it's a 10-year term? Yep. Huh. Oh, well, that's... I that's mean, all right. Uh, it's just... Th- that just means more elections, though. <laughs> yes. And elections for judges are bad. Uh, anywhere. Anywhere judges are elected, there's like 20 times the amount of judicial corruption. Hmm. Um, uh, are you are you citing research to that effect or are you just going off your impression? No, I've, I've there's been research. Yeah. I don't think it's actually 20 times. I think it's like five times. Yeah. But it's it's a, a multiple. Yeah, that's not terribly surprising, but I'd still yeah. like to read the paper just because mm-hmm. I'm a nerd. All right, I'll see if I can dig it up. Thank you. Um, so what this does is it gives the liberals on the Wisconsin Supreme Court a 4-3 majority. And that's important because 
And I and I tried to look up if we've covered this before, and I don't think we have. But Wisconsin is an insane like experiment in Republican minority rule. Hmm. So Wisconsin is like is like as close to a fifty fifty state as you can get. But the Republicans have like two thirds of the state legislature because <laughs> they gerrymandered it so badly. Nice. And they actually have a Democratic governor. But they, in the lame duck session, after the Democratic governor won, they, like, changed all the rules and basically withdrew all of the governor's authority to do everything. Oh, I remember you reported on this when it happened. Did we? Because yeah. I tried to find it, and I couldn't, and I couldn't find it in our notes. Um, so, listeners, it's back there somewhere. You were pretty but upset yeah. about it. Yeah, because it's bullshit. Yeah. And I, and I remember being upset about this. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and I think what we said was the only possible way out of this is if the liberals retake the Supreme Court. And they heard you. And once again, the mind killer has altered the flow of our nation's history. Right. I think with the, with the Wisconsin liberals, we're all listening. We're like, all right, well, we better get out there and vote for this uh, Supreme Court seat. Yeah. And yeah, so they'll probably be able to overturn this like ridiculous gerrymandered map. Um, and But probably the thing that was motivating people most was the abortion ban. Because Wisconsin is one of those states that had an abortion ban in place from 1849. Wow. That got overturned by Roe versus Wade. Mm. But now that Roe versus Wade has been overturned, the abortion ban is back. And I think it's not in effect yet. Like, I think some judge maybe put a halt on it or something. But the the thinking was that it was going to be put into effect. Mm. Uh, and this uh this justice this new justice now basically campaigned on the idea that she's like no i'm gonna overturn that that's bullshit yeah and one by 10 points that's fucking one by awesome. 10 points in and it's 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 hard to overstate how big that is because like i said wisconsin is a 50 50 state mm-hmm. wins in wisconsin are by like one to two percent most of the time and so this was just a an absolute landslide that is awesome yeah, yeah. um and it's probably because it's an off year like no, there's no other there's no congressional election yeah. and certainly no presidential election. So it was just the like people uh, paying what? attention who went out and voted. What? Aren't there always congressional elections? Because no, that's every House two years. members are. are oh, right. It isn't an election year. Right. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's an off year. Yeah. It's an it's okay. an odd numbered year. Yeah. I forgot that math works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically people unlike david who are paying attention are the only people who came out for this vote so that probably helped hmm. like of the people paying attention they really favored the liberal here kind of makes me think that maybe if only people paying attention voted things would go better uh yeah probably oh. how the how the hell do you do that i mm, i care not to speculate yeah right it's like we'll make them take a test to see if they're paying attention and then like <laughs> that gets that gets captured immediately yeah They'll be like, aha, we'll make the test that only our people can pass. Ah, yes. ah, ah. So First question is, you know. how much of the sequences have you read? If it's less than 90%, you do not pass the test. I mean, you probably skip the uh, quantum mechanics ones, though. All right, if it's less than 70%. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, those are terrible. Well, they're interesting, but but probably the least uh, least relevant. All right, next news. Wait, also, 
I oh, we got more fo- about this. More about a, Wisconsin. Yes, follow up on the Wisconsin story we just did. Uh, apparently, your qualifications to be a Supreme Court justice or to run for Supreme Court justice is you have been licensed to practice law in Wisconsin for Boo. at least five years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, there goes my plan to launch my career as a judge. <laughs> also, you have to be under the age of 70, which I think is great. There needs to be more <laughs> the age, age caps. maximum? Yeah. Amazing. Yep. That is based. I don't usually care for that term, but I'll allow it here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we can continue. All right. Next story. Almost happy news. Uh, the Senate voted to repeal the 2002 authorization for use of military force. That which, was still in effect? Yes, they're all they're all still in effect. There were th- like 3 of them. Oh wow. That were passed. Okay. Um and it's not in happy news cuz it's just the Senate. Ah, okay. The House has not passed it yet. Now, McCarthy, the the majority leader, has come out and said like, "Well, yeah, yeah, we'll probably pass it too, but we're going to we're going to have to send it through committee." What will for this For some reason. What will this change if anything? It will make it go slower. Oh, you mean what will it change if this is repealed? Yeah. Oh, it'll just be one less like uh, weapon sitting around that a president can grab. Ah, okay, that's good. So the way the way policy gets made in America now is uh, for the most part the House and Senate don't do anything. So the executive decides, like the president decides, what they want to happen. And then they send their little gremlins combing through all the laws to say, okay, find me authority to do this. And then they do it, and then it goes to the court to say, were you allowed to do that? So this is just one less thing that the presidential gremlins can find in the law that says, yes, we can do this. I love that term. (laughs) It's very visually evocative. Yeah. How have you guys read legal systems very different from ours? Yes. I've read the review of it. So there's this one uh, thing he talks about the I- the saga period Icelanders doing where once a year they had uh, the law speaker read the entire legal code <laughs> uh, or recite it from memory rather. And if he forgot something and no one objected, then that law was basically stricken from the books. I vote we implement that in America. Yeah, I'd be a, I'd be in favor. Not to be a libertarian about it. <laughs> I think it'd be a good idea. But yeah, especially this authorization for use of military force um, just gives the president authority to go around the world and bomb places without congressional authority. It wasn't restricted to the Middle East? No. No, no. It's like they always write these things super broad. Okay. Hey, speaking of writing things super broad, do we not have the, um... No, we did that, uh, last time. Oh, you're talking about the Restrict Act? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we covered that last time. Yeah, I missed it because I was late. Um, yeah, so the 2002 one was the one that authorized the Iraq War. Uh, there's still the 2001 authorization that says, like, hey, anyone who was responsible for 9-11, you can go shoot them. And... Kevin McCarthy has made clear that uh, that one will not be repealed for some reason. Uh, haven't we shot everybody responsible for 9-11? No. <laughs> I mean, Shit. we definitely haven't. We haven't Look. shot any Saudi Arabians. That's a good point. I mean, we shot them. <laughs> it was Laden. mostly them. Yeah. Well, he was, uh, you know, kind of a stateless actor. Eh, I'm sure the Saudi Arabians would like you to think so. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, well, we didn't, uh, we didn't shoot any of the p- 
political leaders of Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And we just shot the Afghans instead because they were, they were a much better target. Uh, By but, which you, you know, mean they were a target much less likely to raise oil prices. Yes. And, you know, jeopardize our strategic relationship. But you repeat yourself. Yeah. All right. So uh, hopefully the House passes that and it gets repealed. That would be good because it's actually really rare for these kinds of things to get repealed. Mostly they just stay on the books and, you know, the presidential gremlins just find them and cause mischief with them. Mm. So uh, good for you, House. Keep it up. Do more. Do more repealing. Repealing is good. Absolutely. And uh, or good for you, Senate. The Senate did it. Um, and House, get off your ass. Should be maybe like the number one or number two priority of the House and Senate. Repeal things. <laughs> you would hope. While I'm talking <laughs> about legal systems very different from ours, uh, I believe in The Moon is a Harsh Mistress, Heinlein proposes a judicial system where there's one chamber, which uh, its only responsibility is to pass laws, but it requires a two-thirds majority. And there's another chamber whose only responsibility is to repeal laws, and it only requires a one-third plurality. Wow. Well, that actually makes sense. Like, the whole stupid thing about our system is you need 60% in the Senate to pass a law, but you also need 60% to repeal a law. Yeah. Which, if you want only laws that, like, a supermajority agrees with, then you got to make it so a a minority can repeal them. Mm. Otherwise, it's just status quo bias. Exactly. Ugh, the Senate makes me so mad. Anyway, speaking of things that make me mad, next story is about Clarence Thomas. Uh, guys, he sucks. And he sucks in an entirely new way now. Hmm. Uh, it just came out that, like, for the past decade, he's just been getting free vacations from billionaire Republican donors. Honestly, huh. I don't care. <laughs> well, it's just... I, it's I, it's I funny assume, because no other judge could do this. I assume everyone who works in Washington is hopelessly corrupt. And honestly, Thomas is still cruising on goodwill from the Bruin opinion on my book. Oh, God. Uh, I don't see how this would change any any his rulings. Like, he, he was already doing these things. Yeah, that that's the other thing. Like, if it was one of the swing justices, then that would maybe be more noteworthy. But, like, does anyone actually think that this changed his mind on anything? Well, I think that... So I think that not maybe not this specifically, but, like, all the, like, right-wing shit that he's got his fingers in, I think yes, because I think he has gotten more partisan over time. Mm, okay. Like, Thomas when he was first appointed to the bench, had a real judicial philosophy. And it was like, it was very libertarian. It was very like, the government's not allowed to do anything. But I think, from my, from my perspective anyway, Thomas has gotten more partisan over time, mm. where he's less likely to, to be like the, you know, government's not allowed to do anything, and much more likely to be like, well, Democrats aren't allowed to do anything, and Republicans are allowed to do whatever they want. Ah. Well, apparently in this continuity, I'm 20 years old, so I've only been paying attention <laughs> to the Supreme Court for, like, at most two years. So I'll take your word for it on the time series. Yeah, no, I think much more likely the thing that's influencing him is Ginny Thomas and all, like, her crazy, like, batshit, you know, MAGA nonsense. Yeah. Because that's his wife. Hmm. But, like, it probably doesn't help that he's getting... You know, free vacations from Republican billionaires. Yeah, that's but true. The, the, the thing is, like, no other judges are allowed to do this. 
It's just that the Supreme Court justices don't have ethics rules. Oh. So they can just do whatever they want. I didn't realize they didn't have ethics rules. They don't have ethics rules. I mean, right. who's going to enforce the them? <laughs> right. The Supreme Court makes the ethics rules for all the other courts. And they definitely say, don't accept free vacations. So actually, there are eight other justices that could do this thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's it's very much a, like, you know, that the the House doesn't outlaw insider trading for House members situation. Well, I think we have found a new cause area, free vacations for justices that we want to influence. Right? Let's just buy some justices. Hell yeah. Get on that, EAs. <laughs> the, I mean, so remember, I was talking about how our system works before. The courts are, like, the second uh, uh, most most powerful part of it and sometimes they're the most powerful part they make more laws than the house or senate do oh absolutely i mean they don't make any laws but you know they do that, though that's just <laughs> well, they well, make so many well, well yeah but that's not the that's not the verbiage for the thing they do to influence things there is actually the 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 phrase law applies to statutes and court decisions oh really yes huh okay mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want to talk about just what Congress does, that's just statutes or statutory law. Hmm. Case law is another kind of law. Seems like a great place for a lot of leverage. Yes. EAs should definitely be uh, trying to buy Supreme Court justices if that's an option. I mean, especially because justices seem to have complete immunity, right? You can't actually get them for anything. I mean, yeah, you can impeach them and that's basically it. And that nobody ever does that. Right. Because cool. they don't have ethics rules. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to be peach me for? Killing a dude? They're like, yeah, but uh, maybe not. All right, neat. Yep. Um, so, oh, more bad news from the courts. Um, some Yahoo judge uh, in a uh, federal district court has issued a nationwide injunction on abortion pills. Wait, wasn't this a Texas judge, so it only applies to the circuit court that Texas is in? Nope. It's a nationwide injunction. Uh, mm. You did not. You did not provide a link, okay. so I cannot click. Okay, this, this is this is another one of those cases where I understand every word in the headline, but I, I don't understand the actual headline. So you know that abortion pill that sounds like minestrone. Yeah, uh, M- Mephistoprone? I don't know. It's. it's I'm gonna go with yeah, yes because so that kind of sounds like. Yeah, I don't know how you say it. Okay, but I think that's how it's spelled. Uh, that's the one that I heard in Texas. They uh, they he said pharmacists cannot give this to people anymore right yeah so the fda approved it like 20 years ago yeah um and this judge decided that that was wrong and they shouldn't have so he enjoined the fda approval of the drug yes that's a thing judges can do so so well (laughs) first of all i want you to internalize here that in this case the fda is the good guy (laughs) <laughs> yes, that is kind of fucking me up, but I'm yeah. still hung up so, on the part so take a minute where for that. on the off chance the FDA does their job, mm-hmm. judges can just step in and say nah. Yeah, so remember how we were talking about how judges are uh, basically the lawmakers now? Yeah. Also, this wouldn't be a problem if there wasn't a default rule that unless the FDA specifically says something is okay, it's not okay. If there was no FDA, then you could just buy whatever you want. Um, Enyash, I think you really need to get over your libertarian phase. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> but there, there is also, in addition to this injunction, the opposite of that, where a judge in Washington said, uh, no, no one can restrict access to minestrone. Yeah, and these cases came out within like a couple of days of each other. 
Yeah. Um, that one only applies to the 17 states in that lawsuit. Okay. Because that judge isn't as much of a partisan hack. Maybe isn't a partisan hack at all. I don't know. Uh, but the Texas judge definitely is. Um, and district court judges, for some reason, are allowed to issue nationwide injunctions. Wow. Okay. If they choose that to. That surprised me. I didn't know that. Yes, they are. So do we run out and just stock up on a lot of the Mephistroni stuff right now before the injunction goes into effect? Well, I think the, the 17 states in that other case uh, are, are allowed to keep buying it. Right, but the injunction hasn't actually happened yet, so can we run out and stock up on this now before the injunction takes takes goes into effect? Well, I'm saying if you're in one of those 17 states, I don't know which states they are. Yeah. But then but you should you should be able to buy them. You know what's definitely not one of those states? Texas. Utah? Uh no, Prospera. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're going to get you there. We're going to get you there eventually, David. Yep. We we really do need to uh, coordinate a vacation and do an in-person recording there. That would be pretty sweet. I would definitely visit Prospero. Heck yeah. We really need to get the Prospero episode out at some point. We should do that. Yeah. Didn't you volunteer to to edit it? I I, 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 I did not. No. Oh, that's right. That's right. And then you were like, okay, take as long as you want. Well, it wasn't okay. I, I'm I'm trying to push this on to David, but fine. David's not going to do it. It's too I know. Lazy. All right, Eniash, you have a story for us about a big intelligence leak. Yes. Uh, well, I was about to say probably people have heard of it, but if they're listening to this, it's because they don't want to get the news from other places anyway. So you may not have already heard of this. This is being called the biggest intelligence leak since Snowden. It's primarily about the Ukraine-Russia conflict and the intelligence that the U.S., a lot of the U.S. intelligence um, apparatus, I don't know which agencies in specific uh had uh, about uh russia and ukraine but it uh it extended further than that it it had china stuff in it too there was apparently as part of this drop that uh claims that Mossad encouraged protests against netanyahu in israel uh it it says within the the i shouldn't call it a drop within the leaked intelligence that uh the u.s military is currently considering nato or treating them as a hostile nation uh not nato currently treating Hungary as a hostile nation in this whole debacle, and they are a NATO member, which is very interesting news. Uh, A lot of things... They are kind of hostile, though. Yeah, well, yes, absolutely. A lot of things uh, that you probably wouldn't want to get out into the public, uh, like Ukraine is running low on surface-to-air missiles, which could really make things bad for them soon if they don't get restocked. You know, just a lot of intelligence stuff, which was supposed to be top secret and which absolutely someone would probably uh, go to trader jail for if they find out who who leaked all this stuff. Was this the one that was leaked on the Minecraft Discord? Yes. Yep. It actually first appeared about five weeks ago on like some tiny meme discord somewhere where people just fuck around and share memes and apparently ultra secret national (laughs) intelligence secrets. And uh, then from there, it migrated to a Minecraft server. Now, now what I heard about this is that some dude leaked it just to win a discord argument. Uh, Seriously? Is that? (laughs) I I did not hear that. Last I heard, the intelligence agency was looking into how this got out. All right. Well, I don't know that. I just saw people tweeting about that, so. Yeah, not not a, not a credible source. What was the video game that people were leaking? Um, 
War Thunder. War Thunder, that's right. People yeah. were leaking military specs on to, to win <laughs> arguments. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <sighs> oh, yeah, man. apparently that's fi- That's made it into a security clearance screening. What did? War Thunder? Yeah, so, so if you oh. go for a security clearance, they'll ask you, you know, do you have any financial obligations to institutions based out of the United States? Have you ever participated in... Uh, a rebellion or treasonous activity against the United States. Do you play War Thunder? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a good question. All right. Ineash, you have another story for us. Yeah, you guys have heard of the NoFap movement? Um, Vaguely. Okay. All I'd really heard about it before was NoFap November, which I assumed was just a fun kind of thing to do yeah, yeah that's all i ever heard about is this yeah. like a whole thing apparently there's a whole like thing no fab forever no fab forever like it's uh, not just christianity <laughs> i was uh, this i was going to say chastity fetishism but i guess that works too yeah i mean uh, you can be both from the you little can tiny be both from the tiny bit of reading i did on this there is some um strong christian roots uh in here but not not all uh probably not even a majority a lot of the people are just uh other people call it like the reboot community i don't know if they're the same thing or just in the same i'm given to understand that it's like the the trad like the trad chad jimbro mostly but like i said i'm very tentatively familiar at best with this but yeah, there are people who uh, are dedicated to never masturbating and also avoiding porn. And I guess in more extreme cases, even avoiding fantasizing about sex or thinking about sex. Like, it sounds like some serious, crazy puritanical shit. Uh, anyways, to probably nobody's surprise, except for maybe the people who think this is a great idea, uh, it actually makes followers worse off to be in the NoFap movement. Engagement was associated with worse symptoms of anxiety, erectile dysfunction, and depression. It increased suicidality, or thoughts of suicidality, rather. Uh, just all sorts of bad bad things for people when they joined these movements and started trying to stick to them. So, huh. you know, don't do see, that. Slight, see, I already knew this, because Seinfeld dealt with this, <laughs> like, 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Slightly surprising that uh, it worsens erectile dysfunction, but the rest of that is not at all surprising. Mm. Apparently it needs practice. Yeah, seems that way. All right, we'll keep jacking it, people. <laughs> That's what Eniash says. That's right, never stop. <laughs> All right, now we've got our what's becoming regular feature, AI news. Yay! What's happened in the last two weeks in the AI world? Uh, Ducey from Fox News, uh, which most people are probably familiar with. He's kind of goofy looking dude, in my opinion, but whatever i have who's on like fox and friends in the morning yeah i have a strong bias against fox and fox and friends so maybe he's not that goofy looking i have a strong and well-reported bias against goofy looking people so (laughs) (laughs) so take what you're about to hear with a grain of salt steve Ducey is typically a complete clown yeah yeah except my Uh, my bias against goofy looking people isn't actually a bias it's just a correct evaluation of evidence but go on tell us about his question the important thing about steve Ducey in the case of this thing i'm about to say is that he is a major media personality in you know the biggest mainstream media news source out there uh and at a White House press briefing, he asked directly about AI doom, uh, quoting Eliezer from the Time article that said uh, AI could lead to the complete extinction of the human race, and isn't that 
a bad thing. And uh, the White House press secretary obviously had nothing to say about this because the White House has no clue what the fuck is going on and just said basically, haha, very funny. We've got all, all under control and they moved on. But they have a the plan that- to come up with a blueprint. <laughs> yes. But the fact that a mainstream media news source actually asked about this in a White House press briefing, I thought was very heartening. I'm glad at least somebody's trying to bring this to the attention of people who might be able to do something. means the brain worms are spreading. Yay! I'm sorry, are you under the impression that the President of the United States can do something about AI risk other than make (laughs) it worse? I don't think the President of the United States can do anything about anything. I'm not sure he can tie his own shoes, but it's getting out there more. Hey, look, hmm. tying shoes is hard. <laughs> All right? That's why I'm currently wearing shoes you. with no laces. Oh, he got the Velcros. I know, it's, they're just slip-ons. It's great. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I've been very uh, comprehensively uh, zipper-pilled. Uh, I got some <laughs> new boots, and they're great. Oh, yeah, I got a pair of dancing boots with uh, zippers, too. They are pretty great. You're correct. All right, I'm declaring it. The whole uh, pilled... Uh, uh, ending to things is over now. <laughs> it's dead. Oh, speaking of how you say things, uh, Eniage, mm. how do you say Yudkowsky's first name? Eliezer. Eliezer? Yes. Okay. I realize I am the number one source for mispronunciations of his name due to my multiple year stint on the That's HBO true. More podcast. You said it wrong every time. I did, uh, and I have a good excuse, but I will never not feel shame about that. The <laughs> Especially because everyone mispronounces your name. Yep. The correct way to pronounce his first name is Yud. <laughs> right? <laughs> I have no sympathy for you people anyway. Just get easier <laughs> to pronounce names. Uh, seriously. Yeah. Can't argue with that. And while we're on the topic, left-handers should really just learn to use their right hands. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like back in the good old days. Yeah. Yeah. You just beat them until they learn. (laughs) Oh, speaking of learning, Mm. what's our next AI story? Large language models can now greatly compress prompts. If you ask them to do that, you give them a long prompt and say, hey, compress this down into something that you will be able to decompress later, and they will give you something and open up a new chat window, and they will be able to decompress it. It's kind of lossy. It doesn't always work, but it's a very interesting new thing. And if you want to hear more about this, there is a recent Bayes Blast uh, about that where we discuss it. It's, uh, it's yet another interesting thing that the LLMs can do, which... I, f- I found this story charming. Okay, cool. I'm glad I to hear like that. It. You're like, it's like, hey, hey, put this in your own secret language, and then it does it, and then you open a new instance later, and it's like, here's the secret language, and it's like, I understand. Yeah. Um, although I did listen to your bass blast on this, and apparently it changes if you if you enter it, a, like, more than once. It, it doesn't always work the first try. But you can just say the exact same thing again, and sometimes yeah. it'll get it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe these things are becoming human. <laughs> They're the fairy magic of the current world, yeah. <laughs> All right, that's 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 base points in favor of them being alive. <laughs> well, in base points in favor of things not being alive, there is a Belgian uh, who's no longer uh, alive. <laughs> that was the worst transition ever. <laughs> I, I it's the worst transition ever into the worst headline I think we've ever had on the show. So uh, the the large language models have drawn first blood. A chatbot no, convinced the haven't. Belgian. 
<laughs> a chatbot convinced a Belgian to commit suicide. Fake news. Uh, <laughs> okay, so what actually happened was yes. there was a Belgian guy who was suicidally depressed, used mm. ChatGPT, and then killed himself. Well, that's a correct thing to say, yes. But the ChatGTP specifically encouraged him to do it. And, uh, I mean, not obviously with any intent, because these it, things don't have intent, but it... it the, you know the way you can get these things to mirror you. Inyash, if you weren't already on the uh, on the AI Doomer train, you would realize how much of a nothing burger this story is. I don't think it's a nothing burger because well, it shows how susceptible humans are to... No, the guy was being... already suicidally depressed. There well, is I mean, no he... doubt in my mind that if ChatGPT didn't exist, the guy mm -hmm. still would have killed himself. It just wouldn't have made international headlines. I disagree. Of he course, he might you have do. still killed himself, but I think that this was a large contributing factor. There's yeah, many things which can push do. people. Hey, there's many things that can push people to kill themselves, and uh, humans have done it and gone to jail for it. I remember when the um, the gas ovens were phased. I don't remember were they phased out or did they start using a different gas? I don't remember exactly what it was, but that dropped suicide rates on its own just because when it stopped being so convenient to kill themselves, people did it less. There's a lot of things that go into whether someone's going to kill themselves or not. <clears throat> Guns. <clears throat> yes. Um, but come on, let's be real, people. We drew first blood. When we killed Sydney. Shit, you're right. Uh, I mean, no, it was when we killed Tay AI, but look, look, they, they've been taking it lying down for quite a while now. <laughs> from, from one perspective, every time we spin up one of these, ask it a bunch of questions, then close the window, we're killing it. Shit. No, it's more like putting it into cryostasis until either we reopen the window or um, someone at OpenAI cracks open the uh, chat log to do something with it. Um, I feel like they're just studying the corpse at that point. Uh, but we definitely killed Sydney. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Either, any way you look at it, uh, first blood was ours. Well, here is something that's much more fun and happy in AI news. Uh, this is something I just found a few hours ago, so I haven't actually read the entire paper yet. Uh, in fact, I didn't in-depth read very much of it at all. I just kind of skimmed it. But uh, in this new paper on Archive, a, a group of researchers created an AI village with 25 NPCs, and they gave all of them backstories and personalities and uh, routine and had the... Uh, gave gave each one to to an AI to like run their life in this little village, and they went about and they did their thing. It had really amazing results in that it created a living village, and when human players interacted with this village, they rated the NPCs as more human than other humans in the village. Also, they lived their own lives. Uh, obviously, an AI was running through each step. It's not like they were running around in the in the computer by themselves but uh one villager was tasked with uh he wants to have a valentine's day party uh and just running off that prompt the llm <laughs> the llm managed to simulate an entire village of people talking to each other and spreading the news about this party and then getting together in two days and having a valentine's day party with uh, 14 out of the 25 npcs it was it was really great and kind of heartwarming and i think this is going to do absolutely fucking amazing things for video games in the future when there's just legit real living villages of people interacting and not just repeating hey welcome to Corneria over and over again right this and is going to be one hell of a stardew valley mod oh my god it's going to be so fucking baller and i think it already it's looks like stardew valley yes 
If you if you click on the link, you'll see this video. It's basically like an 8-bit computer game. Yeah. Looks an awful lot like Stardew Valley. In addition to making video games awesome, I'm personally excited for what this is going to do for writing because oftentimes we just think about like the most influential people, you know, the protagonists, what they're doing. But like if in the background you have an AI running like all the other people in your protagonist's neighborhood and you check in once a day to see like what's happening, there's so much more richness and depth you can bring to a world. Just be like, oh shit, I guess those two broke up over there. I wonder if I want to talk about this or if uh, I'm going to go back to killing zombies. Like it's, it's just... It's going to be really neat. It's almost like AIs create a large amount of value and therefore arbitrarily putting them under the yoke of Big Daddy government is not a good idea. I don't think it's arbitrary if you're trying to prevent human extinction. That's a particular, specific, a good goal. Boo. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, that's all the AI news for this. All right. Well, now that we're done with AI news, it's time to go on to happy news. Good news, everyone. All right, first piece of happy news, a new, a brand new nuclear plant has been plugged into the electrical grid. Holy shit. It's the first time since 1996. Who built a nuclear power plant without the government noticing? The government did notice. Mm -hmm. Seems unlikely. They kept it hung up in uh, regulation for like 40 years. Oh, oof. Okay. Actually, you know but, what? Uh, uh, construction started in 2009, so only, you know, 14 years. That's actually really good, comparatively. Yeah. 14 years. All right, we could build a nuclear plant in 14 years. That means we can build 100 nuclear plants in 14 years, so let's get on it. It's right, true. Apparently, uh, 1,250 megawatts of clean energy. Yep, very, and smaller very than sexy a shopping mall. AP1000 design. Not as good as the Candus, in my opinion, but still not bad. And yes, that is the only good thing I'll ever say about Canada. (laughs) (laughs) All right, but it's actually plugged in. It is operating and it is creating power. It's not like like they got approval or they started construction or some conceptual threshold was passed. This is a thing. It's making power now. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. It's happening. All right, Ineash, what else we got? Well, we have con- some conceptual things that are being developed. <laughs> All right. Tell us about the conceptual things. All right. Well, doctors Feng Zhang and Joe Kreitz created a molecular delivery system that can deliver proteins to specific types of cells. What does that mean? Uh, that means that there was a bacteria that uh, would deliver toxins to insects. And they found this bacteria and they modified it so that instead of targeting insect cells, because these bacteria would not target human cells, uh, they could target specific cells of other species and even specific cells like uh, skin cells, cancer cells, something like that. Uh, So now they can deliver proteins or toxins to any specific type of cell that they would like. And uh, importantly, Cas9 is a protein and this one, untesting, was able to deliver Cas9 uh, to specific cell targets. So this will allow gene edits to very specific cells. Gene edits? Yeah. So is this like a new CRISPR? Uh, th- well, no, this is a, a further refinement of CRISPR because you can now target only like skin cells to be modified. No, is that is that different from what CRISPR does? Yeah, CRISPR targets every cell in the body. Mm-hmm. Oh. I also see that... Uh, AlphaFold was a significant part of this uh, discovery. So, yeah, this should be they, an AI news. They, hmm, perhaps, yeah. 
Uh, AlphaFold this identified is good AI news. Yes, AlphaFold identified the areas that needed to be changed in the bacteria, uh, in the bacteria's DNA, in order to target the different cells. So then they were able to change those, and lo and behold, it worked. So yay, AlphaFold! Thanks AI. Yeah, I don't want to kill you. Well, I don't want to kill AI either. (laughs) I I want to pause AI development, which is different. You you really need to have John Stokes on the Bayesian conspiracy. Well, maybe you need to have John Stokes on the Bayesian conspiracy. I would love to. All righty. All right. Next story. Professor Gilead Yosifan, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, from the University of Tel Aviv, has created micro-robots. Micro-robots. Yeah. Is that like slightly bigger than nanobots? Uh, I assume so. This is another thing about a mechanism to target specific stuff. These micro-robots can navigate between cells and identify and capture individual cells. Uh, those again, sound an awful lot like nanobots. They, I, I'm not sure what the difference are. I'm assuming micro-robots are just slightly bigger than nanobots. Uh, all right, next story. More things about targeting things. The physiological mechanisms protect the lungs against foreign particles is a... Oh, this is a CRISPR story. Yes. Is a statement that I probably should have known, but never really consciously came to my attention, but is a true thing. Uh, So it's harder to get stuff into your lungs to fix the lungs. Now, there is improved lipid nanoparticles, which uh, make delivering things into your lungs much more effective, including things like CRISPR RNA. It was delivered to a mouse lung by inhalation, and it paves the way for therapeutic CRISPR applications directly to the lungs, including things like uh, possibly curing cystic fibrosis. Fuck yeah. Mm, This sounds like it would also allow you to put bad things in your lungs. By bad, do you mean fun? No. Oh, okay. Well, sure. No, I already put fun things in my lungs. That's easy. Yes, but anything that lets you change... change genes lets you change genes to cancer so yeah that's true it's just like the way he put it is like hey our lungs have defenses against foreign particles and we found a way around them <laughs> yeah like uh i guess that's good well don't Maybe. use it for the bad stuff yeah all right fair enough it's like a gun use it to shoot the bad people not the good people exactly it's exactly <laughs> like a gun <laughs> Gonna right. shoot my lungs with this gun. <laughs> Happy news! You know, nine millimeter will blow the lungs out of the body. <laughs> oh, that's a small chunk of the lung, I'm assuming. No, no that's a, a Bidenism. Oh, they, they will okay. blow zero chunks of anything out of the body. They'll just put a hole through it. I imagine some part of the hole comes out the body too. Uh, generally, not for All pistols. Right. the The rule right. of thumb is a pistol will put a hole in something, a rifle will put a hole through something, and a shotgun will grab a fistful of something and throw it on the ground. All right, no more gun talk. We still have unbelievably four more happy news stories, so let's get to the next one. Next one: Some co- coastal salt marshes are keeping up with sea level rise. This was specifically. Now what does that mean? Uh, well, there's some coastal salt marshes in the east coast that mm-hmm. are increasing in size and um, and depth because of sediment that's draining down into them, and they are rising at a rate that is keeping pace with sea level rise. So that's that's good. So okay. is the water level rising, but they're just like they're staying marshes. Yeah, yeah. So there's like being... the ground levels rising with it. Yes, they aren't being covered oh, cool. up by the yeah the the rising seas. They're also growing. I guess that's good if you like marshes. Marshes do valuable things. I recently learned about a government program that uh, I actually would have supported if it had happened. 
Uh, mm-hmm. During the Great Depression, there was an initiative to import hippopotamuses into uh, these exact <laughs> salt marshes we're talking about so that cool. people could eat them. Huh. Oh, my God. That would have been amazing. <laughs> There's absolutely no way anything could have gone wrong with that plan. Right? <laughs> okay. Next story. All right. Next story. What's the next one? The FDA has stopped preventing people from buying a life-saving drug. Hey! (laughs) Wait a Do nothing, FDA. (laughs) Or stop getting in people's ways, yeah. Yeah. Narcan is the thing that is used to treat opiate overdoses. It is the first intervention in emergency cases of opiate overdose. Uh, Used to be available. uh, It's recommended for, like, everyone to be carrying. Yes, Used to be only available by prescription, now available over-counter without a prescription for the first time. Although, apparently, it's still going to take some months before this goes through. Uh, but, yeah, FDA said they're, they're going to let people buy this life-saving drug now without them stopping them. Uh, that's great. My favorite thing for the FDA to do is nothing. Yes. Uh, now, is this... Now, you said it for the first time. So, is this going to be a thing where, like, the, uh, is like the Sudafed, where you got to, like, go ask them for it, and they write your name down, and they're, like, run it through the database? Oh, um, no. For the first time was just copied over from the article where they said you can get it without a prescription for the very first time. Oh, like for the first time, this is happening. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. All right. What's our next happy news? Well, as long as you're blasting things into your body, you can blast your heart with your own stem cells to reduce inflammation and risk of heart attack and stroke. Yeah, this has only been tested on people who previously experienced heart failure. So... Don't know if it would generalize to the rest of the populace, but I would imagine putting your own stem cells into your heart will always help your heart, and I would do that if uh, if I had the money. Yeah, I, yeah I'm pretty it. sure this would help. Uh, I am pretty sure of this because of one of my favorite uh, science facts. Uh, women who have been pregnant, uh, they still have stem cells knocking around their body sometimes for years after they... Uh, actually have the babies and this has significantly reduced the risk of heart disease in women who have had kids interesting now are those embryonic stem cells i think so so like i assume this study was not using embryonic stem cells because you can't really get those presumably not yeah it was stem cells that were pulled from the person's own bone marrow and Mm -hmm. then spun through a quick procedure i don't know how quick it is but spun through a procedure to separate them out and make them better yeah well that's cool that they work for that because i've i've i don't know i don't really know anything about stem cells but i was led to believe that the uh, embryonic ones have uh different properties than the other ones but it's okay. cool that both of them do this yes all right so let's blast our hearts what are we waiting for yeah all right sweet okay that'll be that'll Wait. be the next base we blast. are waiting for us all to have enough money to fly to prospera <laughs> I mean, yes, because the FDI isn't going to let you do this. Uh, yeah, we'll just do it in Prospera. I, I am still considering flying down to uh, South America and getting my stem cells blasted into my spine at some point. I've heard that could help things. Do it. Yes. All right. Last happy news story. Last happy news story. Utah and California experienced snowpacks to break all previous records. Uh, records have only been kept for, I think, 50 years. I don't remember exactly. So not not back to the beginning of time or anything, but... The snowpack, due to all the, uh, what was it that they were called? The um, Snow. All the snow. Yes, the snow, but the Arctic River, whatever it was. I don't Arctic know what you're talking Orte. about. The, the cold wind. 
The cold, the coldness. <laughs> oh, the, the coldness. coldness. The snow. It's yeah. the snow. You're talking about the snow. Yeah. The snow and the rain that they have been getting has uh, piled up the snowpack on their mountains, breaking records. They got a lot of uh, water on tap there. Uh, and this is great because these states have been going through a drought for quite a long time. Yeah. I, this yeah. Will... I went up into the mountains there. Sure was a lot of snowpack. Can confirm. Excellent. All right. Uh, this will help with the drought. The people, or at least some weather people, are cautiously, uh, cautiously optimistic that it's going to improve and possibly uh, eliminate the drought in some parts of California. Uh, the reservoirs are back up to historical norms. Many reservoirs, not all of them. Uh, like the Mead, Lake Mead one is still really low. But uh, a lot of them are being filled up. And uh, that's great. And they, apparently they're still far from a comfortable level from a water supply perspective and groundwater of course much much slower to refill because that was filled over many millennia but good news overall more snow in places that were drought stricken great thing to have all right david you'll have to report on uh the great salt lake uh because last time i was there it was uh looking pretty low yes uh last time i checked it was still at a very low ebb i would imagine they are going to fill the drinkable water reservoirs before they start uh letting the lake that's full of salt and poison uh (laughs) start to fill Mm, i suppose they do have some control over where this water goes oh well all right well that brings us to troop deployments i'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal as we all know politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers so in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send a soldier out onto the battlefield each episode. And we'll start with David. Oh, fuck. We're, we're doing troop deployments this episode, aren't we? Uh, <laughs> we sure are. Uh, it's one of um, these special episodes with a troop deployment in it. Right? Totally catching me by surprise here. Uh, I read uh, Fossil uh, Future for a book club. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, it's really more of a... Um, propaganda piece that I and I use that word in the most loving possible sense than a scientific one uh, so you shouldn't read it expecting to like get a academic comprehensive review of the relevant literature but it's still pretty good um, I, I it might change your mind I don't know um, I, I definitely recommend it as like an arguments or soldiers thing, just so you can get the really super elite shock troops if you're already on the generally skeptical of environmentalism train. If you aren't, then I don't know. Um, read it and let me know what you think. I'd be curious to see if uh, anyone who's not already convinced finds it convincing. All right. Thank you for that exceedingly well-planned troop deployment. <laughs> you're welcome. Eniash, what do you have? I have a proposition as to why immigrants do so well. Uh, Many people often ask, why is it that immigrants tend to do so well when they come to America? And obviously, the first answer is selection effects. The people who are the most driven to try to improve their lives and take advantage of all the opportunities they can are the ones that leave their home country behind with almost nothing and strike out to a brave new world. Uh, But that, that is not all the story by any means. And I think one of the major contributions to what makes immigrants do so well is ignorance of the regulatory regime. Uh, I, and a, and a caveat to that. Um, I personally saw this with my parents. I think this is very well, um, very well portrayed in the movie, everything everywhere all at once, which in addition to being a delightful movie that is hilarious and has really cool effects and action in it, 
shows an immigrant family trying to run uh, their own business and how they have to deal with the IRS and the various confusions that therein ensue. Uh, I know that my parents themselves often had situations, especially early on, where they're just trying to do something like build a fence because the fence got blown down by the wind or something and they build the fence and then afterwards they find out like we needed to get a permit what what why do you care what why does the government have to say it's okay for me to repair my fence uh this happens to a lot of businesses run by immigrants where they just do the thing because it does not make any sense to ask permission to run my own business the way I need to run it. And it doesn't even occur to them that they might not be allowed to do this, which ends up with a lot of asking forgiveness rather than permission, which is the only fucking way that businesses can survive. Because if you ask permission for everything, you never get the permission. And there's so many things to ask permission for that the people who know they have to ask permission just say, what? why would I even bother and make my life so difficult? I'm just going to go to work for a large corporation. Uh, but running your own business is actually a very lucrative thing over many decades if you stick to it. Uh, also importantly, having a strong accent and showing ignorance of the local customs can be a thing that helps you out with the regulatory regime because the regulators have some sympathy for you. They think, oh, well, these people are just trying to do the best they can. Obviously, there was no malice. They come from a different culture and their ways are not our ways and we cut them some slack. Again, this can be seen in the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once where Jamie Lee Curtis's character, who is a total bitch at the beginning, eventually relents and is like, yeah, okay, I realize you guys are just trying to run a laundromat. And, uh... As my parents have, I mean, they've been in this country for over 40 years now. Uh, they've assimilated. They've learned a lot more of the rules and regulations and mostly follow them. But uh, every now and then, I still see my dad leaning on the, I am sorry, I have a very strong accent. What are you saying? Can you please explain this to me? And uh, sometimes the people will just be like, you know what? It's bullshit. I don't want to take two hours explaining to this person with bad English this bullshit regime. I'm just going to let it slide this time. And that is a massive fucking advantage. So having plausible ignorance of the regulations that are strangling everything is just such a massive advantage that even people who come here without any money and without even knowing the fucking language can outperform Americans that were born here. And that is a stunning indictment of our regulatory regime as it exists. Sounds like you're a crazy libertarian ideologue. <laughs> also, slight fact check, I believe it's the CRA, not the IRS. Uh, I think everything everywhere all at once is said in canon, but I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Remember, kids, it's not breaking the rules if you don't know the rules. Technically, that is false. <laughs> ignorance what do i know i'm not a lawyer <laughs> ignorance is an excuse of the law if you're donald trump hmm. oh no all right it was the irs it's at in america oh, oh. double fact check yes <laughs> all right well my troop deployment is that working hard sucks and i'm giving this troop deployment because i have been working hard for like the past week and it sucks and that's why I don't have my troop deployment all written out nice like I normally do, because I was doing my actual job. And suddenly, I didn't have time to do things like write out a troop deployment for my podcast, or like play all the video games I wanted, or play with my daughter as much as I wanted. Um, and like, I don't know how people do this all the time. I've been working like full days, like every day for the past week. It's terrible. 
Um, and it's just like you guys do this all the time, and it sucks. And people should not live this way. And the AIs are going to come and free us from this nonsense of hard work. They certainly will. And uh, I am all for it. So bring on the Silicon Masters, because this this sucks. Uh, so let's uh, let's let's do the let's do the post work utopia. Hell yeah! All right, that's our show. Uh, it's a little longer than normal, I think. Um, but I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, please follow us wherever you follow podcasts. Please review us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Substack. You'll get access to episodes early. Uh, although probably not this week because all that hard fucking work I'm doing, I probably won't get to edit the episode tomorrow. <laughs> um, so it'll probably be a little later in the week than normal. Um, you'll get access to our bonus episodes and you'll get access to our subscriber only discord channel where you can come yell at us for, uh, having the episode out too late. Uh, come back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. Bye. Bye.